0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolution As soon as I start, I always forget that I've got other glasses. So hold on a second. Hope everybody had a good week. True Minnesota fashion, I'll say that the weather's getting better. Knock on wood. Tuesday snow. Snow. Hmm. No. Yeah. Well, I always hear that during March Madness, we get snow. So, you know, what are you going to do? What you're going to do, you know, forget about it. Oh, yeah. Um. so when I listen to the few minutes beginning of service I always realize I complain about being tired so I'm going to stop am just going to stop not going to complain about it I think I've got sleepy disease but I'm not going to complain about it <laughs> sleepy disease is okay um Trying to think of anything exciting that happened this past week. Just the huge raising kids. Haven't had father-in-law visit, which was nice. We had a good time. Milo and Minnie love their grandpa, and uh, so that was good. But we do have a little ways to go and a short time to get there. So we're going to make it through if we can. Um. Oh, yeah. There was an interview in this magazine called That Magazine, I think it is what it's called, that I did with Kristen Becker, who I do um, Loosen the Bible Belt with. And if you... If you follow me anywhere, Facebook or Instagram, Instagram is my big thing. Um, Yeah, no, it's called Them. It's called Them Magazine. And uh, it's LGBTQ Magazine. And they did an article with me and Kristen about Loosen the Bible Belt Tour, our tour in the South for trying to spread tolerance and love and and stuff like that. So if you're listening and you get a chance to check out Them Magazine, I think it's them.com. And just search out "Loosen the Bible Belt" or Kristen Becker or Jay Baker, and uh, check that out. See what I'm doing, my side work, my side revolution work. I really enjoy going on tour and doing stuff like that. So, um, so that was kind of cool. They got they they had an artist paint up a picture of us, and that was really cool. See. That he got my tattoos right, too. It was really weird. That they just usually do like little squiggly lines if someone draws a picture of you. (laughs) But uh, that was kind of cool. So anyway, um, welcome to Revolution. We are going to be starting in Matthew 23. And Matthew 23 is where Jesus denounces the scribes and the Pharisees. It's a pretty heavy chapter. Um, I'm going to go through most of it but I'm going to read I mean I'm going to skip over some just for time's sake but uh, yeah let's get into that let's see what how Jesus dealt with the scribes and the Pharisees um, <clears throat> then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples and you'll see why the pharisees and and, and scribes were frustrated with Jesus uh, Pharisees uh, he said to the said the disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. Um, for me, that was my church experience growing up as heavy burdens and not seeing, you know, not getting a lot of answers of like, well, how do I deal with this? Or can you help me with this? Or how do I, you know, tying up with heavy burdens? And, And that was really tough. Um They do all their deeds to be seen by others for they make their their uh ph can anybody pronounce that Phy- the p h what does yours say twenty three five? five yeah they do all their deeds to be seen for they make their Their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, which I think it's their prayer clause. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seat in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplace. Now, I can see how that's tempting to be respected. I mean, who doesn't want to be respected? Um, but it also can become a... Become an idol can become something where you lose focus on things. Um, I wrote next to this in my notes, don't we all <laughs> don't we all want to be <laughs> greeted with respect in the marketplace? But obviously Jesus is saying this is not that's not the, the goal here, and that's good for us to see and good for us to hear. You like to have people call them rabbi, but you are not to be called rabbi. For you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father. Which I've always been curious why we don't, why this is one verse that seems completely ignored by the Catholic Church and by Christians um, to call no one father. We have no one but the one in heaven. No, are you to be called, in, nor are you to be called instructors, for you have only one instructor, the Messiah. So I wonder if there's a denomination that really sticks to that. The greatest among you will be your servant. So Jesus is turning this everything onto its head and saying, the greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. And it's, you know, tough to humble yourself. It's tough to, to take the low road. Um, this is what we're called to do. We're called to humility. But woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you lock people out of the kingdom of heaven, for you do not go in yourself. And when others are going in, you stop them. Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You know, these guys have become what, what some people call kingdom monitors. <laughs> you know, like hall monitors. You know, they... they uh, The Jesus police, the fruits of the spirit police, the kingdom of God police, and uh, record keepers that nag, 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 nag away at us. I like this one, though. It says, Hypocrites, for you cross sea and land to make a single convert. And you make the new covenant twice as much a child of hell as yourself, you know um seen that a lot in in uh in churches and seen where people i mean I think a lot of people leave you know a lot of people who are disillusioned with the churches are people who were turned into twice the sons of hell that that their teachers were. I mean, I, I know people like this. I know people who now are, don't want anything to do with the church. And I'm thinking, like, uh, I've got one friend in particular I'm thinking of, and they're pretty much done with I mean, they are completely done with it. And they seem a lot happier, to be honest with you. But when they were a Christian, they were not someone you wanted to be around. You know, <laughs> and it was like bad theology, and legalism, and things like that. So when I see people turn from legalism and leave the church, you know, I always wish that they would had, had a, a chance to have a, a better experience. You know, but I can't blame them. I can't blame them if they were caught up in that and felt like God had these impossible standards and that they had to be something that they couldn't be. Why you would leave? Um. I'm going to jump down to 23. Woe to you, scribes and you, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weighty matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. And these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. You blind guides, I love this one, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. (laughs) Um. That's self-explanatory. I don't even feel like I have to get into that too much. But uh, that's a great, great thing. You strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup of the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgences. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup so that the outside also may become clean. And I mean, it kind of shows us how often we get focused on people's outsides. How much we get focused on people's works and deeds and things like that. And this is saying, you know, really the process starts on the inside. We can't be focused on the outside because we don't know what's going on on the inside of others. That's the reason for us not to judge others. It's a reason for us not to point fingers. Um. Woe to you scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they are full of the bones of the dead and of all kinds of filth. So you also so you also on the outside look righteous to others, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Um, that's what hate can do. When hate gets inside, it can really rot us on the and out- in the inside. Self righteousness is one of those things that, that really breeds that whitewashed tomb idea. Um, judgment of others, uh, thinking that you you have a corner on the truth, which often a lot of Christians think they do. You know, a lot of Christians think they have the corner and and, and know what's going on. Um, or that somehow they're moral and others aren't, you know. That's always something that trips me up is that Christians think that for some reason they have a corner on morality. When quite obviously people outside the church seem to do just as good, if not better, things than people in the church, you know? Um, I'm going to jump up to uh, 32, 23, 32, or 33. You snakes, you brought of vipers, how can you escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I send you prophets "...sage and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues, and pursue from town to town, so that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous, Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Barachah, whom you murdered, between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I tell you, all this will come upon this generation." It's pretty heavy stuff, you know. And when he, and when Jesus is calling out the religious leaders, is brought broad of vipers, which is basically if you've ever seen snakes born, it's really disgusting. It's hundreds of or not hundreds, but dozens of little snakes everywhere. What? Indiana, Indiana Jones, brought of vipers, yes snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Um you know, and this is Jesus saying, really, like in a way, calling them assholes. you know <laughs> but just broad of vipers is another way of saying that back then, a brood of brood of vipers. Um, I mean, you think about that something full of venom and impossible to stay safe in a group of broad of vipers. I mean you just can't. And and that's that's to me legalism explained it some of its best. We bite and devour one another. We destroy one another. And uh it's to be avoided. Of course, I feel like most of us know that. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir a lot when I when I read this verse, but I think it's a good reminder for us all. Um, but then you read that and, and, and we've got the warnings and, and, and we've got, the, don't be like the Pharisees. Uh, beware of, 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 of that. Don't be whitewashed tombs. Um, don't be so focused on the outside when you should be focused on the inside. But what do we do then? What's the opposite of this stuff? Is a question. So, jumping back to Matthew 22, um, 34, it says, When the Pharisees heard that he, he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Which, oh, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. So the saying is equal. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, all the laws of the prophets rest. Now, and I think these two are interchangeable because what do I love when I love my God? I think I love others. How do I love God by loving others? By loving the, le, you know, by serving others. Um, we're called to be servants. We're called to love people. We're called to try to avoid. We just we just saw pride and being addicted to to the approval of others or the praise of others. Um, which is a tough goal. I mean, it's a tough thing to do. I'm you know. I like it when my career is going well. I like it when I'm speaking at a lot of places. I like it when people are writing things and saying, oh, you're so good, you know. And it's easy to get caught up in that stuff and carried away, you know, and not, you know. But at the same time, when all that stuff's not happening, you right like to realize that you put your self-value on something that doesn't really add up, you know. You put your values in, in, uh Other people, and by putting your values in other people, you end up sometimes letting yourself down and being hurt because you can't, you know, you've got to learn to value yourself. Um, Romans is, I want to jump over to Romans because I think this is also some of the stuff of what we do. Romans 12. So what is the opposite of, of, of being legalistic and religious and things like that? You know, we saw love God with all your heart, your neighbor as yourself. But what does that look like? What does Paul say it looks like? In Romans twelve nine, it says, Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, but rent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to the strangers um that was the sin of you know people like sodom gomorrah you know and they always say try to make it about lgbtq folks and it wasn't it was about hospitality and hospitality to the stranger is why the judgment of sodom was so strong is because they were hostile to strangers I mean, this is when the rubber hits the road. This is the tough stuff, you know, extending hospitality to strangers and, 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 and making time for those who are, need us. Bless those who persecute you. Oh, you know. Bless and do not curse them. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week about unity and what does that look like and how do we strive for unity and how do we strive for forgiveness? How do we love our enemies? You know, and this is a tough one. This is really a tough one that I have to just continue to remind myself of, and it's probably why I talk about it so much, is blessing those who persecute you, bless those who curse you, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haunty, but associate with the lowly. You know, this is tough stuff. It's tough to love people who are negative. It's tough to love people who are out to get you. It's, it's, it, seems, it seems pointless sometimes. You know It seems like throwing pearl to swine. You know but there's something that's transformative there. There's something that's in touch with the kingdom of God. There's something that's in touch with the fruits of the spirit that we get from doing that. We're able to take a higher road and we'll be able to become peacemakers. And experience things like, you know, like Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. and Jesus. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. But take thoughts for what is noble and right sight of all. If it is possible... So far as it depends on your life, if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceable with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave room for wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are first thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads, <laughs> which I've always found really strange. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So you see, the this is the flip side of of what we see with legalism. And uh, yeah, I don't even feel like I need to explain that anymore. I mean, that's self explanatory. Um, and jump over to Romans fifteen. It says, "We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak." Hear that? We are we who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up thy neighbor. So, this is I mean. It goes on to say, For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insolent of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever it was written in former days was written for... You know, I'm going to just skip that. I'm going to go back to the beginning because I think it's more important right now. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. You know... we're not, you know, if the church did more of that and practiced more of that, I think it would be a place that people would be drawn to and want to come to. You know, um, rather than a place that destroys the weak or the fallen and reminds people of their weaknesses and reminds people of their failures, Um, but became a place where we were put up with the failings of we put up with it we we dealt we deal with it we don't discourage these people we don't tear people apart in their failure but we love people in their failures we build people up in the midst of their dark hours in the midst of their mess you know i mean that's what i'd like in my life i mean that's what i get out of therapy you know that's what i get out of 12-step recovery you know is The great thing about the 12-step program is when you fail and you fall off the wagon, you know, there's – you go in and you surrender and you say something and you pick up a white chip and people celebrate with you and they sit with you and they don't – they don't judge you. It's like, you know, they know that we're all one – one mess up away, one drink away from being in the same place. And I don't know. I just am really touched by that when it says we are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not, and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbor, you know, loving our neighbor, doing good to our neighbors, loving the weak putting up with the weak, not trying to make an example of them, but instead showing them love and grace and mercy. That's what we're called to do. And, uh, live life. Live life as a, is someone who loves. Live life of love. Live life of humility. Live life humbly. And, uh, You know, that's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the struggle, that's the, 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 that's the call, that's, I don't know, you know, that's, if we want to, if we're trying to seek to be Christians, if we're trying to seek to be followers of Christ, you know, this is what, what it is about. Letting our love be genuine. You know, loving one another with mutual affection. and Not crushing the weak, but building them up. Seeking humility. So, I don't know. This is tough stuff for me too, so. But it is what it is, and uh, I feel like that's what what I've got for you this week. Um, I'm going to just end with a quick prayer. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your grace, your mercy, and uh, these examples of what love is. What we're called to be, help us to show mercy. Help us to take the road less traveled. Uh, most of all, I ask for your will. in Jesus name, Amen. Um, just a reminder uh, we revolution is non nonprofit. And we'd much rather have you than your money, which I always want to make clear. Hot mic. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, if you consider Revolution Your Church and it's something you'd like to donate to, that would be great. You can do that by going to revolutionchurch.com or by going to... Um, our Facebook page and pushing on the pressing the donation button. Um, So I want to just thank everybody who's been giving. We just did our year-end tax stuff, and, you know, I just appreciate all of you who've helped us continue to do this work. Um, I'm grateful because we can't do it without you. So thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. This is Revolution Church.